I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about stress in pregnancy. This is a topic that really deserves a full and nuanced conversation. While I do talk about it on Instagram, if you don't follow me, I'm at Dr. Sterling OBGYN. It's it's kind of it's a difficult place to have this conversation because the information I'm going to be sharing with you today about stress is sensitive and it unfortunately has the potential to make people feel bad. And what I really really want to avoid to have people stressing about stress. So this podcast, um, as well as my free online class, are much better places to get this message out because I want to talk not just about the data on stress and pregnancy, but let's talk about the reality of stress, okay? I don't want to set up this unrealistic idea that we're going to have no stress in pregnancy, right? So Let's talk about this data and then let's circle back, do a reality check and try to drop any shame or guilt that comes up when we have this conversation. Now, I'm really sensitive to any guilt or shame around the issue of stress in pregnancy because I have gone through an incredibly stressful pregnancy myself and I learned much of this data after that pregnancy. And so I know the experience of learning this for the first time. Um, and it was, it was definitely something I had to process. And so I want to, I had to process that on my own because I went after this, this data, I went looking for it. And so I was by myself when I learned this. And so that's why I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast, because I can guide you through the processing of this information. Because if you just listen to the information and the data on stress and pregnancy, it can be kind of (laughs) scary. Okay, let's just dive into it. So we have really good, robust data that shows that stress in pregnancy is associated with three pregnancy outcomes that, you know, for the most part, we'd like to avoid. Number one is blood pressure issues in pregnancy. We're talking about blood pressure issues with the pregnant person. So things like preeclampsia, gestational hypertension, um, HELP syndrome, these conditions can lead to being delivered early for the benefit of the pregnant person and the baby. So it can lead to preterm or early term delivery. In addition, these conditions can be life-threatening for both baby and the pregnant person. So very serious conditions, we would like to avoid them. In addition, stress in pregnancy has been associated with preterm birth, okay? So we see in some studies, in fact, high levels of stress in pregnancy. Some of these studies, it's self-reported stress, okay? The studies are conducted in different ways, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. But some of the studies that uh, report 
self-reported high levels of stress show up to a 50% increase on risk of preterm birth. So obviously we know that babies' long-term health outcomes can be tied to uh, prematurity. It's really uh, important if we can to, to minimize that risk of preterm birth. And then finally, the last pregnancy outcome that has been pretty robustly associated with stress in pregnancy is low birth weight, okay? So that's baby being um, born on the lower end of the, the spectrum. Some babies will naturally, because they were genetically meant to be small, will be classified as low birth weight, but it's not really a problem, okay? The problem is, is a, bit, a baby who was genetically meant to be bigger, okay, but because of stress or other factors in pregnancy was not able to meet that growth potential. So low birth weight is associated with stress in pregnancy. In addition, there are some other things that um, ongoing research is examining in terms of uh, stress and long-term health outcomes for our children. So we see that we see that stress is associated with increased levels of inflammatory activity in the pregnant person. That has been pretty well established. Um, we see that with increases in pro-inflammatory cytokines. It's, you know, stress and inflammation really do go hand in hand, not just in pregnancy, but out of pregnancy as well, okay? Now, we think that this may explain why we see increased risk of allergies and asthma in children whose mother or their, you know, their pre the parent that was pregnant with them um, who had stress in pregnancy. So we, we see an association between the risk of these childhood conditions or illnesses and stress in pregnancy. We can't necessarily tie them as causal, okay? We see that they're associated and we think that the link there may be this increased level of inflammatory activity in addition to other genetic factors, okay? So there is, there is that component. In addition, we know that mental health, I'm not just stressed, but really, you know, when we expand beyond stress and we look at mental health in general, we know that mental health impacts pregnancy outcomes and long-term development of our children. So one of the, you know, really interesting study certainly has the potential to, to freak some people out, but we think that your children's stress responsiveness may be programmed to some degree in pregnancy. So what we see is that pregnant people with le you know high levels of anxiety or anxiety during pregnancy, I shouldn't say high, it's just anxiety during pregnancy. We can associate that, that anxiety in pregnancy with increased levels of stress hormones in 10-year-old children. So that is a subject that needs more studies, we need to look into that uh, more robustly, but it is something to take seriously. We see that mental health and pregnancy, anxiety, stress, all of these things can impact our children's brain development. And so it can put them at increased risk for things like ADHD, um, that's attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, autism, uh, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. So, you know, I think in a perfect world, I would love to tell people your stress, your mental health and pregnancy, it doesn't matter as long as, you know, you get through pregnancy um, and you have baby, you know, I would love to <laughs> say that, but that unfortunately is not what the data is telling us. So I present this data to make the point that your well-being, emotional and physical matters in pregnancy and it needs 
it should be a priority, not just for you, but for you know, everybody who's around you, the system that should be taking care of you, right? That includes friends, family, coworkers, employers, really the pressure shouldn't be on each individual pregnant person to have a low stress, easy pregnancy. The pressure should be on society in general to create conditions by which pregnant people can be supported and cared for. That unfortunately isn't the situation that that we are in right now. I mean, a lot of the pressure is put on the individual pregnant person. And so while I think that really this is a conversation that our society should be having on a much larger scale, how do we, you know, protect pregnant people and and especially, you know, new mothers and new parents as they uh, grow and develop because these years and this, these time periods are so, so, so critical to our next generation. I think that that's a conversation we should be having on a, on a bigger scale, but I'm talking to you right now and I want to provide you with information you can use for your pregnancy and for your reproductive journey. So let's do a quick reality check here. I just laid out some, you know, for some of us, it will be scary data about stress and pregnancy, okay? For for those of you who have high-stress jobs or have other stress in your life that you don't ask for, okay? We do not ask to be in the path of natural disasters. We don't ask to be, you know, the on the receiving end of sexism, racism, anti-Semitism. I mean, none of us want to be worried about food or housing, okay? These, these sources of stress are not you know, oftentimes not under our control and they come whether we ask for it or not. So a lot of the stress is inevitable and it's not an individual person's fault. Okay. So I just want to say stress is a normal part of life. The goal is not zero stress. We're going to talk about the goal in a moment, but the goal is not zero stress. The goal is not to have you say you need to take ownership of all the stress in your life. No, a lot of the stress in your life has nothing to do with you. Okay. I mean, just so many examples come to mind, losing job, losing a loved one. I mean, marital issues, all of these sources of stress, nobody wants them to happen. Okay. And yet human life is stressful. So your stress is not your fault at all. In addition, there are, you know, we talked about inevitable sources of stress, sources of stress that you can't control. There is then this unnecessary stress or the stress that we put on ourselves. And what I want to say about that stress is, and I get really emotional when I talk about this, because this is deeply, deeply personal to me, is that for many of us, that stress and pressure we put on ourselves is something that has been a part of us since we were small children. If you were, if you identify as female, since you were a little girl, and we put that pressure and that stress onto ourselves because we were trying to be good. We were trying to live up to the expectations, to meet the goals, to get the to-do list done, to, you know, to excel and be successful in the eyes of others. And it comes from such a, that stress comes from such a beautiful place to want to be loved and accepted and seen as good, really I, I don't fault anyone for having that kind of stress and pressure they put on themselves. I can't because it's something that I have lived with for most of my life and something that I have had to grow through and learn how to really stop doing that to myself. So I do want to say that a lot of the stress that many of us experience in our lives is not because 
we are bad or we should be, you know, we should be more calm or any of that. It's because we're trying to be good. And that comes from such a beautiful place. So I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to realize that this stress is not your fault. Much of the stress that that we do have some control over is a part of your life because you were trying your hardest to be the best version of yourself, the version of yourself that society said, we will accept this and we like this. And unfortunately, those expectations that we put on ourselves, those additional stresses that we put on ourselves are, you know, they're not necessarily conducive to our overall emotional wellness and well-being, which as I have explained with this data, very important in pregnancy and in life in general. I I talk a lot about stress in pregnancy because pregnancy is this beautiful time period in which you are suddenly much more likely to take care of yourself because there's somebody else linked to you, especially for those of us who are identify as female and who've been socialized as women, we oftentimes put ourselves lower on our list of priorities. But when we're pregnant, it opens up this space where we start thinking about taking care of ourselves just a little bit more. And so I talk about stress and pregnancy because I think it's this it's this receptive moment in a woman's life, um, in a person's life, where they are open to really evolving and changing and taking better care of themselves. So I think that this matters. And the data shows very clearly that this matters throughout our lifetime. If you look at the risk, um, you know, the association between cardiovascular risk, so heart attacks and blood pressure and stress, very clear data there. We have data on loneliness and health outcomes. We have data on social support. So having people in your life that you have warm and friendly relationships and health outcomes. I mean, the data, the importance of emotional wellness is phenomenal, y'all. It is robust. So yes, we're talking about this in pregnancy, but this matters for your entire life. So now I want to talk about something that gets me a little fired up. And this, you know, this is where a lot of my passion comes from and why I'm talking about this and why I I try to talk about this on a fairly regular basis, stress and pregnancy. The question is, why don't we hear about this in prenatal care? Okay, let's pause here because I want to share a free resource with you. Many of us enter our reproductive journeys already pretty stressed and busy. And then you add pregnancy or trying to conceive to the mix and life gets even more overwhelming. Now is the time to make stress reduction a priority. Not only does reducing stress before or during pregnancy decrease your chances of many pregnancy complications, it also may improve long-term health outcomes for your baby. Take a step today and head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy easier and healthier. You and your baby won't regret it. Again, head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for this free prenatal class. All right, lovelies, let's dive back into the episode. Why do we, we hear a lot about food safety in pregnancy. So we've got probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pregnant people thinking that they can't have soft cheese in pregnancy, whereas it's not 
soft cheese is the problem. It's unpasteurized soft cheese. At least in the United States, that's the guideline. Most of the soft cheeses in the grocery store are pasteurized or safe in pregnancy. But we have this pretty universal food safety awareness in pregnancy. But truthfully, food safety issues, while they do occur and while they're serious, and I think that it's important that all of us are educated about food safety in pregnancy, much less of a everyday issue for most of us, whereas stress is something that we are dealing with all the time. So why is it that we don't discuss this in pregnancy? Why aren't we getting information sheets about stress in pregnancy and ways to reduce stress? So I have a few answers to this. Number one, I didn't even know. I knew the data on blood pressure issues, uh, like preeclampsia, preterm birth, and low birth weight. I knew about that, that data in regards to stress. The other information about programming children's stress responsiveness, increased inflammation, allergies and asthma, you know, ADHD, autism, all of these things as it relates to stress, anxiety, and mental health in general, that I did not have a robust understanding of. And I think part of the reason for that is some of this data has been, we've gotten it because we've studied ourselves. So OBGYNs have, you know, obviously obstetrics and gynecology is a a high stress job. And when we look at some of these studies were done on OBGYNs. So they were, they were the, the study subjects. I think that when you are in residency and you have people who are working 80 for when I was in residency, 80 hours a week, generations before me, it was, you know, 100, 120 hours a week. Um, When you have, and very, very high stress situations, when you have a specialty, majority of whom are are people with uteruses, and they are in a very high stress situation, and they're all childbearing age and considering when to get pregnant. I just, I don't know if it's that our our attendings, the people who were in charge of our education, don't really want to highlight the fact that our jobs are, you know, not good for our pregnancies. I can, I don't think that that's true of every program or every attending, but I think that's, I think that's something that, you know, the people who are teaching us would feel less comfortable about. You don't want all of your the residents who are working for your program saying that this is these working conditions are not good for us. They're not good for our pregnancy. I mean, already, even since I left residency, there's been more movement of residents to demand better working hours and, and more humane treatment on the job. So I think that that might be part of it. I think that might be why some of the people who are in charge of educating young OBGYNs aren't jumping on sharing this information. I don't know. It's just a theory. In addition, I think the other likely much bigger issue why this isn't talked about in prenatal care is because there is still a very ingrained belief in our society and of course in in medical culture and in the medical system that really what matters is physical health and that there is this separation between brain and body and that mental health, okay, yeah, it matters, but not to the extent that physical health does. 
despite the fact that the data over what in pregnancy and outside of pregnancy is overwhelming, showing us that emotional health, very, very important for health outcomes. And this idea that brain is separate from body and that, you know, there's this kind of, it's a, a, it's a very much a gift of the patriarchy. I use the term gift, (laughs) you know, sarcastically, it's obviously not a gift, but this idea that certain ailments or experiences are in someone's head as if that matters as if it matters. I mean, brain and body are one. It doesn't matter if your condition was exacerbated or caused by something that's going on with you neurologically or emotionally. It doesn't mean it's fake. But there is definitely this belief in our society and this patriarchal idea that they're separate and that strong people just are more mentally tough and they don't let what's going on with them in their brain impact their body. It's ridiculous. But I think that that is, I think that that is a big reason why we don't have every pregnant person aware of the, the data and the reality of emotional health, the importance of emotional health and and stress in pregnancy. And then finally, what I will say, the last reason I think that it's not emphasized in prenatal care is because um, most um, physicians are not, don't necessarily have robust education and what do you do about it? How do you, okay, we know stress in pregnancy isn't good. So how do we treat it? How do we attack it? There's not necessarily a prescription or, or something that a surgery or procedure that we can do to get rid of this stress. And it's not like we, you know, we do touch on some of the strategies for stress management in residency and in medical school, but certainly not as much as we touch on the more traditional Western medicine strategies for dealing with disease um, and illness. So really, your provider, um, whether it's a midwife or a physician, would have to do some of their own exploration of the data on stress relief techniques and ways to process and mitigate stress, that would be something that they would have to go out and learn on their own. And just the reality of human beings is some people may be interested in that and some people aren't. And so they're not going to go after that knowledge and, and learn about that. It's certainly not part of any of our mandatory learning for OBGYNs. It matters to me. And so I have gone out and, and sought that data and sought that research for myself and for the, the members of my membership community, Sterling Parents, and for you, my podcast listeners. I care about it. And so I have taken it upon myself to educate myself and learn about the different strategies and the data and what works. Okay. But because we don't emphasize emotional health in our training, both in medical school and residency, I I can't even necessarily fault the individual midwives or physicians who don't go out and do that learning because I wouldn't have done it either if I hadn't educated myself about stress and pregnancy because I was, you know, I have, I'll, I'll tell that story another time why I got to why I decided to look into it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I thought to do before because it just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So it's very much a system issue. I don't, I don't lay any blame on individual providers, but nevertheless, 
this is the reality. Emotional health matters in pregnancy. We need to talk about uh, stress and really looking at stress. As I, as I mentioned before, there is inevitable stress, the stress that we don't ask for and comes our way and we don't have much control over. So when we're talking about those types of stresses, we need to talk about processing stress and we need to talk about evidence-based strategies for processing that stress. And then we need to talk about stress reduction. How can we get rid of unnecessary stress? Now, there are a lot of different ways to get rid of unnecessary stress, okay? Some of which only people with certain resources have access to. For example, <laughs> I know one way that I could really reduce my stress is if I, oh my gosh, if I had a, a housekeeper every day and somebody who may cooked for me every day, like, yeah, that would definitely reduce my stress. Could somebody take my car into the auto mechanic? Could somebody fix the broken faucet in my bathroom? Oh my goodness. But, you know, if I having help, paid help, obviously is a way to reduce stress, but I don't want to, I think there's no point in talking about that because the vast majority of us cannot afford just to, to hire people to take care of stresses. Um, it would be nice, but most of us don't have that, that those kind of resources. So there's a spectrum, you know, there's certain things that problems that money can solve. And I'm not interested in talking about that because that's not a reality for most human beings. And then there's sources of stress where not only can we try to reduce those sources of stress, and then really talking about that's the stress that we put on ourselves, the pressures, expectations, the perfectionism that we put on ourselves. Not only do we have some control over that stress, not that it's our fault, and I, I'm going to, this is a point that I, I really want you to hear. Not that it's your fault, but you do have some agency, some control. And that's the source of stress that I'm, I really like to dig into because not only is it going to improve your health and wellness in pregnancy, oh my gosh, it's going to, it's going to make your life, your parenting, everything better. It is truly when you attack those sources of stress and when you start to break them down, whew, and I can tell you from this from personal professional experience, really, really powerful. So uh, we are almost getting to the 30 minute mark here. So I want to end this episode by sharing a wonderful uh, free resource with you where we really dial into these, the managing stress in pregnancy. So I have an online class called Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy Easier and Healthier. And in this class, we're not just going to say, reduce your stress because that's easier said than done, but really examine. We need to get to the why. None of us want stress, right? None of us want added stress. And yet a lot of it is stuff is stress and pressure that we place upon ourselves. You know, you may leave this podcast and be like, yeah, okay, I'll just stop pressuring myself so much. But rarely does that work. Most of the time we really need to look under the hood and say, why? Where does that come from? And really once we do that, it can be just the growth potential from that explosive, really incredible. So my free class, four ways to make your pregnancy easier and healthier. You can register for this class at thebestpregnancyclass.com. We offer multiple live sessions of that class, and I want you to be sure to show up live 
because everyone who shows up to that live session is going to get a copy of my pregnancy sleep guide. Y'all people love this sleep guide, so don't miss that. And you will have a chance to win one of our incredible raffles. So head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com, register for the free class. Again, multiple live sessions are available. Make sure to show up to the live session so you can get those extra goodies. I want to uh, leave you today with this. You are incredible. You are doing the best you can. And now you have some new information. And this information is not about feeling bad about anything that's happened in the past. This information is about changing your relationship with stress and changing your relationship with how you think about the ways in which you nourish your pregnancy. Nourishing your pregnancy isn't just about the food you eat or your prenatal vitamin. You nourish your pregnancy with your whole self. And so I want this knowledge to empower you to make yourself your number one priority. Take that next step. Watch the free class, thebestpregnancyclass.com. If you are a member of Sterling Parents, you are welcome to watch that free class. But I also want to remind you of the class that we have inside the membership and that's part of the Sterling Parents journey called Supercharge Your Self-Care. When you get some really nitty gritty evidence-based strategies for processing um, and reducing stress. So if you're a member of Sterling Parents, go watch Supercharge Your Self-Care if you haven't already. If you are not a member, head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com, register for the live session, show up live. All right, y'all, until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you are looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to sterlingparents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to sterlingparents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.